Hello, hello, happy Friday. You know what that means? That means that we are going to do another shit I wish someone would have told me, which is a conversation that I have every Friday at some point during the day with uh, my friends where the shit that we wish someone would have told us at one point or another about, you know, different topics, all of which relate back to the most important topic, you and your damn self. Hello, Gil. Thank you for tuning in. What I've got going on for you today, Beatrice is going to be joining us, and this is a very special conversation. You've heard us talk before. We talked about toxic relationships. We talked about some other stuff, and so this is going to be a good one, and I'm super excited for it because we're going to talk about how Beatrice became Beatrice. And before I do that, let me give you a little background on Cheating on Fear. So Cheating on Fear is a podcast that Beatrice hosts with Dante. And what they do is they talk about all those concepts that we're typically fearful of, right? And how to overcome those fears and like what it looks like on the other side of that, like once you go through them, because you can't go around it, you got to go through it. And so they have a lot of great conversations about that. So make sure to give them a follow if you don't already and check them out. And so our conversation today is about how Beatrice became who she is. And there is a real power in our stories. We oftentimes don't recognize it because we don't get the opportunity to share our stories. And so I wanted to take the opportunity today to have this conversation, um, have a conversation about how Ashley became Ashley um, of Tubi Yoga last week. So check that out after this if you're interested because it's really powerful for the listener because it gives that relatability. It shows you what's possible in terms of, oh, well, if they overcame that, if they did that, then like, so can I. And also it's powerful for the individual as they're telling their story, because whenever they are in the space where they have the ability to do that, then they have the awareness of like, wow, you know, like I've really done some shit. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. As soon as Beatrice hops on and joins us, we're going to go right into, you know, how she became the badass that she is. It's giving me a little error here. So I see you on here. If you would request to join, maybe, I don't know. It's not like, it's not letting me do the thing. There you are. Oh, you look fancy, ma'am. Do I? Yeah. Well, you know, I had, I had those two yesterday, the other day, and I, I've not been not been feeling 100%, so I wanted to fancy up. Well, you look a 1,000%. Oh, thank you. You also take your time. She's here now, so yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank I, you for I, your patience. I didn't want to interrupt you. You were you you had such a wonderful flow going. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, so. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. I'm yeah, here. thank you for being here. I'm excited. I love our conversations. Like I said, we've done some before, and if y'all like this one, then you will love those. Um, I hear they're really good. I think they're really good. So yeah, the intro already talked about a little bit about who you are and you know why we're having this conversation. Um, and we'll talk you know more about that obviously as we, like, we progress. Um, this is something that I hope people, you know, with my coaching program in terms of discovering who they are. And so what we're gonna be diving into today is like what the process was like for you and like how you did it and how it would have been different, you know, if you would have had like some support and like some kind of like a, a roadmap or guidance or even just like someone to hold space, like in that sense. And so with that being said, what is some shit that you wish someone would have told you about becoming Beatrice and figuring out like who you are? 
That is such a great question. And I'm glad I got some heads up on that one because I had to think about that one for a minute. And I think the number one thing, and I'm still going through this, and and this this is sort of a recent a recent epiphany. You're gonna lose people as you're becoming. You're gonna lose people. People that have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna think it's you. You're gonna think there's something wrong with you. You're gonna think that what you're doing, you know, all of this work that you're doing on yourself is is making you selfish or a bad person because people you're, are gonna let themselves out of your life. Let them go. They're not for you anymore. And I think we're very comfortable with doing that with romantic relationships. We're not so comfortable doing that with friendships and people that have been in our lives for a really, really long time. So, and and that that was a big, big lesson for me to learn. It's hard. But somebody said something to me and, and it was kind of like where they said, you know, people let themselves out of your life to make room for other people. Yes. And it's like, wow, I, you know, I needed to get rid of like three people in order to let Jonna in because she, <laughs> she, she, you're like, your, your force is so big that, um, yeah, I needed to make a lot of room for you. And I'm so glad that I did because, wow, you know, we've had some, we were talking the other day, it's like, I'm a crier. I'm a crier. All of our conversations feel like therapy on both sides. So I think that, that that's probably, that would have helped me a lot um, had I known that, that I was going to lose people that I knew for decades, decades and decades, and that I thought were, I thought were for me and they're, and they're not. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that, first of all, and thank you for your compliment. I think that that is something that is so important that, yeah, literally no one, no one tells you because you hear like, oh, well, each level of yourself require a different version of who you are, but they leave out the part about, well, that means that my childhood friend, Sarah, like, isn't going to be long for that ride, even though she was there, like, for, you know, the first time, you know, you had sex, the first time you you know, got your heart broken, like the first time you like got your license, like had a drink, like got hung over, like all these different things that are really monumental in terms of like development and like these milestones in terms of like growing up. And yeah, like whenever it's time for those ways to part, which they don't always do, but you know, oftentimes, like you said, yeah, exactly. It's like, we only have so much emotional capacity and bandwidth and that's not, you know, a knock against anyone. It's just facts, like it's science. And so, um, you know, Dunbar's number, we can only really keep an actual like collection of about 150 people that we know like the details of their lives about because like we just don't have the bandwidth there. Like that's the average. And so, yeah, I think that that's a really important like thing. So thank you for bringing that up. And I also- know th I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, Dun Dun Dunbar's rule? Is that what yeah. Is Dunbar's law or Dunbar's number? Huh? Yeah. Because you know, like in 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 primates and stuff, that's about as big of their groups as their groups can get before they split. Yeah. Exactly. Before they start killing each other. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So it's the same. That's why, like gyms, if they're too big, you're like, well, like, what's the point? That's why the functional fitness gyms were so like one of the reasons, like on like a psychological level, because 
even if you have like 150 or if you have like 300 members, you're not gonna get that many people to actually come. And so that's why like, yeah, like they were able to form these like tight knit groups because it was like 150 of like your closest friends, like mm -hmm. give or take. And so, um, yeah, that's like a lot of people too, like why they don't take more memberships is because of that. And so, yeah, true story. That, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And, and so I, I, it just got me thinking about that with my jujitsu gym too, too, that there's about that many members and you don't yeah. see everybody all the time, but yeah, that's just enough. And he, but wow, that, wow. You just blew my mind. It's early. You already blew my mind today. Thank you. Thank you. I do what I can. I'm here all day. I'll be here all day. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. Um, yeah. Um, and to your point too, I think it's also important to note that like some people will take up more space in your life. And so a lot of times that's our partners, that's our families. And you know, there are like certain people that you'll come across that it's like, well, this person's going to like require more attention or like have like a different presence. And you have to take that into account. Like I have some friends that are like, I feel, I call them low maintenance. And like, I, I use that term just because it's like, I mean, most of my friends actually are low maintenance, but like, I don't have to talk. Like, I know we have a standing date at like this day and time. I don't have to like follow up with you and like, you know, zhuzh you and like ask you questions, like to, to maintain the connection throughout the week. Like we know that this is our relationship. And so, yeah, I think that that's super important in terms of, um, like recognizing that like, yeah, like whenever we grow as people, that means that our relationships are going to change. I think my next question with that is, so when was like the first like realization that, oh shit, like I got to let this person go. <laughs> uh, like, like friendships or romantic relationships, whichever I you feel is applicable to share here for the purposes of this conversation. I, th I think probably the most life-changing one obviously was realizing that my now ex-husband and I were just not, not compatible and not, not going to be able to maintain a romantic relationship in the long term. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a really difficult one because there's kids involved, there's homes involved, there's shared history involved. There's a lot of things um, where I, I understand, I totally understand. And, and my, my heart goes out to people who are dealing with this right now. And I know with the pandemic, there's a lot of people that are in this position now and just looking at it and going, Oh my God, like, what do I do now? And who am I if I'm not in this relationship that was witnessed by so many people and endorsed by so many people. <sighs> and that, that was one of those decisions that, that decision to pull the pin, so to speak, was arrived at over months and months and months and months of soul searching and some squats. <laughs> they and some pancakes. Yes, they, um, that's a throwback, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that that was probably obviously the most life changing and the most difficult thing. And I tried to do it with the most compassion and dignity and, you know, thought for how it's going to affect everyone involved, not just me. And, and that I was going to have to have some semblance of a relationship with this person moving forward because we had small children, smallish children. And that mindset and that way of sort of governing my behavior 
has gotten us to a point now where both of our children are adults. I've been divorced for 10 years and it's been very, um, for the most part, 94% of the time, peaceful and amicable and, and just in, in a really good co-parenting space. Um, but that was, but, but then it was so monumental because you don't, it's just like, it, it's weird. It's like getting divorced is just like getting married. You think so much about this one day that you're going to get married and you don't think so much about what's going to happen after that. Getting divorced is the same. It's so stressful and there's so much, you know, going on that the day they move out or the day you're, you know, divorced or like physically not, not together, you don't think about what happens after that. Like now what? Who even am I anymore? Yeah, that part. And you think, you think that as soon as all that stress is over, I, I was, I would hear like, y'all remember Survivor? Do you remember that show? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the theme song? Remember when anybody had to go to like, everybody had to go to see who was going to get like snuffed out or voted off that week. And they had to go. And that, that was the outwit, outwit, outlast, outplay. That was, that was what was running in my head for months and months and months as, as my, as I was going through my separation and divorce. And it was sort of like, as soon as I can get to this one day, everything's going to be great. But no, man, that was just the beginning of the work of coming back from and figuring out who now and now now what right that was such a that was and then you go okay uh, well now i gotta now i have to do all this work on myself and figure out come back to what who i was before right. to a new person right so that is such a great point in terms of like the self right and like this whole like you know who is beatrice and so obviously like we go through different levels like we you know touched on but in terms of you know who you were dating who you were like during the marriage with the kids and then yeah like afterwards like how did you kind of if you would like walk us through can you hear the thunder yes okay it's, it's like fantastic doesn't it just make you want to have a nap Kind of, but no, because I'm talking to you. <laughs> after this, after this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go like frolic around outside afterwards. Um, so walk us through, if you would, what that process of like figuring out like, okay, yes, like, you know, this is who I am. I want to get married. I want to have kids. Like what that was like in terms of figuring all that out. And then like you mentioned, if you want to go into it, how you recognize over months that, you know, it's time that this has got to go. And then yeah, like rediscovering who you were. Mm. Yeah, thank you for that. I, you know, I, I can't say that I was one of those people that wanted to get married and wanted to have kids. It, it, that was never really like, this is what I need to do. But I did feel and, and, and I think that was that was kind of part of the time that I was in my 20s, you know, um, there was still a lot of pressure on women to settle down and do the right. things. And it's nice to see that that's changing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still a fight and people still mm -hmm. ask the weird questions. And I think the last live that you and I did, we, we addressed that a little bit, mm -hmm. the stupid questions that people ask that have nothing to do with 
anything about you. Right. Um, but it's, they're just checking on your con. Uh, they're just checking on your conforming. Just checking that you're conforming. Just. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. I, I felt that pressure a lot to do that. Um, but uh, once once I had decided, yes, I'm going to be a mom then that was something that I enjoyed a lot more. I think just because it wasn't something that I had told myself all kinds of stories about. It just, I kind of took it as it, as it came and, and enjoyed my kids, which is really nice. I still enjoy them as adults. Um, but, but I think what happens is you, you, your personhood and your selfhood can get dissolved and you become this, um, and, and and it's it's such a an insidious thing and a gradual thing and it's not about compromise i want to make that distinction that people can exist in a relationship and maintain their personhood but sometimes when you're in a bad relationship and you're just trying to make things work you dilute yourself to such a point where um and that's where that people pleasing comes from where you're just trying to be a good mom and you're just trying to be a good wife and you're just trying to be a good daughter and you're just trying to do the right thing all the time. And, and what happens is what you want and who you are gets, can get lost. Right. And um, especially when you have a partner and no shade on my ex, he has his own stuff to deal with, but um, appearance was very important to him and image was very important to him. And I, that was a lot of pressure for me to, to look happy and to be like the perfect little family. Um, and, and we weren't. And that, that that's a hard that's a hard thing to sort of live with all the time and pretend all the time. That, I'm not I'm not that person. And so when all of that ended, and you know what? And he had to do the same thing. I feel like, you know, we never really talked about it, but I I felt like he had to do the same thing. I don't think that he was particularly happy either. But but he was laboring under the same kind of pressures, societal pressures that I was, where it's like. You know, from the outside, it looks like we have it all. So what the fuck is our problem? Like, right. why can't you just, why can't you just go along to get along? And um, so after that was over, I just, I realized that I was upset most of the time, unhappy, feeling that, um, and I don't know if you've felt this before, Jonna, in any of your relationships, that dead inside feeling, you're just not excited for anything. You're just going through the motions yeah. every single day, you know, the walking dead. Yeah. And I thought I, my children deserve better. They deserve me at full power. They don't deserve zombie mom. They don't deserve sleepwalking mom. I didn't want to be that person. And, and I, and I deserve that for myself too. Yeah. And I say we all deserve you to be at your best self. Right. And that's the thing. Sometimes we don't feel like, you know, we deserve, we need to justify it and not for nothing. Cause a lot of our podcast is about this is not just about relationships, but it's also about sex and our sex life was dismal, dismal because yeah. we were sexually incompatible, not because he was a bad guy because we were incompatible. And, um, that was a deadness that I was not willing to go the rest of my life having and we have I'm, we're pretty excited because we have a guest coming up on the show we're just we're going to talk about pleasure and how you know that makes people feel uncomfortable and how there's there's so much culturally we're we're in a porn soaked culture 
but a pleasure-starved culture. Whoa. Yes. And so we're going to talk about that, about why, especially for women, pleasure is, is not something that you're allowed to pursue. And I, have, I had to face some of, this, some of this sort of, you know, in, internalized misogyny that I had, where it's like, are you really going to follow your vagina right out of your marriage? Is that really what you're going to do? Right. You're gonna let you're gonna let your vagina tell you when your marriage is over. Ah, uh, yeah. I am. She's starving. <laughs> the kitty is hungry. Kitty's hungry. <laughs> She's had. You know the. Okay, I know you're. I know you have a dog and not a cat. But those of you that are cat owners know what I'm talking about. You have like the little dry pellet food that you feed them, <laughs> and then the sumptuous wet food that you feed them. I'm so excited for this analogy. They can't always have the little pellets. Right. Look, the, yeah, you got some real, someone said that, yeah, you're, you're, what you're saying is really real um, about being in a loveless, like, you know, sex-starved sex relationship. And then, yeah, they like your, your pellet comment, which I like your pellet comment as well. You know, um, and the pellets are like, you know, the, it, that's when you go, well, you know, it's not so bad. Like he's not abusing me or whatever. He's not, and you go, really? Like, does there have to be abuse? Right. For you, is that, is that the only acceptable reason to end a relationship is because you're being abused? That's absolute. <laughs> and, and the wet food will give them bad teeth. You know what? Stop. <laughs> Listen, Synapse. Um, you got to have the wet food. You got to have the wet food. So, um, you know, I, I, it's important that, that you not shame yourself. And I, I did that for a long time before I got out of my marriage. And as I was getting out of it mm -hmm. is shaming yourself. And then it was like, wait a second, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to have a, a, a sexual life with by myself or whoever I'm partnered with. I can do that and still be a good mom and still co-parent parent with the father of my kids. And, and, and I think that, and then it was like, now I need to move towards pleasure. And I think a lot of the becoming, if that's the theme for today, is about when you don't even know what you want. Yes. And, and that's okay. So how do you figure that out? A lot of times you're going to start with what you don't want. And when you've been coming out of a shitty situation, that part you're very clear on. Yes. And then you need to start to move towards pleasure and joy and peace and the things, the pursuits that will bring you that. Yes. Because happy, happy is overrated. Happy is an emotion, just like sad, just like angry, just like annoyed. But people hold it up as this nebulous concept that everybody is chasing after. And I, happy is just like, when my food comes, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. When my food is over, I'm sad. It's mm -hmm. that fleeting, mm -hmm. you know? Peace and joy and pleasure are, are things that you can have in your life every day, even right. if you're not happy every day, right. you know? Um, so, so I don't even know if I answered your question. You said <laughs> what question was at this point, but uh, oh, I said how my question was kind of walk us through like how you figured out where you were, like what it was like being a mom and then like yeah. the evolution. And, and, and this was the thing I, I think it was important to show my children 
and I, I was always very adamant about this. And I, I I'm, I'm seeing a lot of my, my um, friends and, and, and acquaintances going through this because all of our children are kind of becoming adults at the same time. And when you have sacrificed your personhood to be a mom, this stage becomes very difficult. Yeah, and I was going to say, I feel like I know where this conversation, I know where that's going, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you, if you find that with people where it's like, what do I even do with myself? And I think, but I think the, mista this, the mistake manifests a lot earlier because your children don't see you as a person either. And it's very important that they do. And so um, when, when you start to, when you start to become your own person and I, I saw something the other day, I'm just going to show this to you. Okay. Because yeah. I'm just going to show this to you. It's a drawing. It was something I saw on TikTok. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like the place to be nowadays, <laughs> but here we are. Are you there? Are you there yet? Yes. I'll, but like, I'll, see, no. I'll see you there. Okay. So basically, so basically like it's, it's this thing, right? Okay. Where like, it's you as a parent or like whatever, and then your partner or whoever, and then your child needs to be down here. Um, and what happens a lot of times is like, it's this way where the child is here and everything else is over here, right? Mm -hmm. So you as a mom, you're up here, your child's here and everything else is here. And what happens is you depend, then your child becomes your partner. Yeah. No, 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 no. You need to have yourself, your life, your partners, your stuff. And then your it doesn't mean you don't love them. It just right. means that your personhood needs to come first. It's very, very similar to the putting on your own oxygen mask before you help somebody else. Right. So, um, so you need to really, and just try things. I think, I think the biggest thing for me, I started to do a lot of things that I never did before I was married or when I was younger, because it was like, well, I'm a different person now and I have more opportunities afforded me. And that's when I started practicing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because that was something that scared me and something physically challenging and something completely different than what I had ever done my whole life. And so I jumped into that and I learned, I learned, um, I went and got my firearms license and I learned how to do that. And that's really fun. They give you to go to a range and just, like you want, listen, trigger therapy. There, there's something. There's plenty of ranges. It's multi-sensory, the sound, the smell, the, anyway, but you know, um, I don't, I understand that that's, that's, that can be a sensitive topic, but from, from a, a you know, going to a range and, and shooting paper is awesome. But, but, but I started to do that. And I started to make friends with people like even on the, on the dating apps and things like that. I wasn't dating to find a relationship necessarily. It was just to meet all kinds of different people and find out what was interesting and what yeah. wasn't interesting or, and this is the thing, like, um, you know, going to like getting interested in, in firearms and stuff like that came from a date, a bad yeah. date, but that's another episode. But, but that was something, you know, even though I didn't, I didn't end up dating this person for a long time, it was like, ooh, this is cool. I really enjoy this. And then you pursue that and you start to build a life and build who you are based on what you like and what interests you, not necessarily just jumping back into the person you were before because you're not that person anymore. Right. And that's okay. And that's why I think 
we circle back around to you're going to lose people. Yeah. Because okay. I had people, I had people that I love very dearly who, who thought and, and felt it was important to say to me, um, I think you're having a midlife crisis because I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was, I was um, working on getting my firearms license. I got a couple of tattoos. I got my first tattoo at 45. Yeah, that's cool. that's after, after shaming myself for four years, five years saying you're too old for that shit. And then five years later, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to get this. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. Like, okay, so what else? What else? I have so many comments, but what else have you um, done? So firearms, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, tattoos, what else? Like since being 45? Since being 45? Yeah, like you were, you were on a roll. And then, I mean- Oh, travel, things. traveling by yourself. That was so, like traveling by myself. I learned so much. Yeah. And traveling with other people. And um, what else? Hmm. This is what I'm saying. Like dating to, dating to meet interesting people, not necessarily to find my next husband. Right. That, 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 was, that's a, that was a huge mind shift for me. Yeah. Um, trying uh, indoor climbing. That was kind of a fun thing that I would see people doing and hear about people doing. And I was like, oh, I don't think I can do that. See, that's so funny. I love I love all of this and you and our conversations. And so like you've said so much, but yeah, like I don't even know where to start. So in terms of, I don't, you said you didn't know if I had experienced the, the loveless, like dismal relationship. Yes. Like the one, one of the ones that like ended up blocking me. Yeah. It was like a month long, months long where we like, same like we wouldn't have sex and then i found out that he like wanted to go or like he went like to a strip club with his friend i'm like you're gonna go like i mean in no shade against strippers but i'm like you're gonna pay to like see strippers but like we you're not having sex like what and so yeah anyway but another conversation for another day just, just i wanted to speak to that for a se to a second because for a second because um as, as a former stripper i just wanted to address that yeah you can talk about being upset that your boyfriend wants to go to a strip club and not have sex with you because there's nothing wrong with being a stripper and there's nothing wrong with going to strip clubs. Right. But it's a problem if, if you're, if you're rejecting your partner and going to strip clubs, just like there's nothing wrong with porn. There's nothing wrong with watching porn, but if you're prioritizing your porn watching over a living, breathing person that wants to have sex with you, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like a, oh, what was me kind of thing. Like, I was pissed. Yes. Because <laughs> Kitty was hungry. I'm like, are you serious? She needs the wet food. Yeah, she wants the wet. She wouldn't. She, needs the, she wouldn't even get dry food. The like, slices and gravy. Food. That's what she. <laughs> Kitty was anorexic. Like, there was oh, no food. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, that, yeah, is over. But um, something that you mentioned as well, and yeah, thank you for pointing that out, um, was like, have I felt that... Um, or have I seen like once like it becomes like empty nesters that people are kind of like, well, what do I do? Yes. And it took me back. I kind of felt that like pang of like hurt because I remember very vividly. I remember where I was. I remember her face when she said it. She was, it was an athlete that I used to coach um, when I coached func functional fitness. And I remember her talking about how like, you know, it's been a rough week and like, you know, her kid's about to like leave and like, and then her other one's like about to graduate. And like, what is she going to do? And she was like, so heartbroken. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like after that, because, and that's part of the reason too, that I'm so like adamant about 
like women figuring out who they are exactly like you said like having their personhood because like you shouldn't have to and like you don't have to wait until like you know everyone else is taken care of before you take care of your damn self and i think that that's something that and to your point too it's like we've kind of been conditioned to think that and so as we move through life and you know, you're, you started your story. Like I was like, you know, let's start wherever. And you started talking about like how all these things happened for you and how you started to like explore once like, you know, your divorce was over. And so before that, yeah, it's like, well, who, like who, I, mean, I don't want to speak for you, but like, it seems and from like what I'm interpreting is that, yeah, like you very much were focused on like others. Would you say that's accurate? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Because that, you know, the, the, the demand, the demand on women through the guise of wifehood and motherhood mm -hmm. is tremendous. And that's why you need to pick, choose your partner very carefully. And unfortunately, we're in a race with biology. So before we even know who we are, we have to choose someone to scramble our DNA with right. and decide, okay, well, this is my person. Right. But you're not even sure who this person is. Yes. And, and so you, and, and, and I, I get it. I, it's, a, it's a tough thing. But, a, but some people are very lucky to choose a partner that nurtures that growth and grows with you and makes it okay for you to be that person that isn't just there to serve the family and, and, and to allow you to have that personhood. Right. And, and, I mean, to your point, that's, that's something else that I wish somebody would have told me that it's okay to be a person all on your own as you're being a mom. And, but, and, and I also get it, you know, um, like there's a, there's a reason that um, most of women with young children that are polled and asked, what would you like for Mother's Day? They go, time alone. <laughs> Just leave me the fuck alone for two hours. That's all I need. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny how, you know, we're kind of Mother's Day is over and we're coming up on Father's Day. And with Mother's Day, it's always like, oh, they're going out with their little children to the restaurant and they're doing this and they're doing that. And what do fathers do for Father's Golf. Day? Go golfing with their friends. Yeah. And it's like, can we please normalize drunken brunches for on Mother's Day? Like, can we can we or can we normalize girls day out for Mother's Day, please? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can we just say we're going golfing and just go and do something else? Like, yeah. it's, it's such an, it's amazing how in 2021, these are conversations that we're still having. Right. And, you know, um, and I think, I think as women, we need to support one another in that personhood as well. I think the number one um, concern with a lot of women is other women judging them. We're, 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 we're very okay telling men to fuck off because they don't know what it's like. And, um, and we kind of expect it from them. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. But, but when you get judged by other women, um, that is, that's hurtful. And that goes deep into your amygdala where you're like, oh, fuck. Maybe I am selfish. Maybe I am... Maybe I am going off the rails here. Maybe, maybe this is a problem. And you I really think... have to look at where that's coming from. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just like, I'm so excited over here. So mm -hmm. um, we may have talked about this before, but for anyone listening and watching, 
there is a researcher named Carol Dweck and she has done like mindset work and she, she focuses on like the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. But in her book, Mindset, um, that's what it's titled. She speaks about how um, as little girls, you know, we're told like what we are, right? Your sugar, spice, your everything nice, like whatever else. And she talks about how little boys are, you know, just running around calling each other like buttheads or I don't know what little boys call each other. And so what happens is that as we grow, women take the definition that others give them and ascribe that as like our own, like what we are versus men who have been conditioned and like trained like all these years to just like, to your point, like he doesn't like whatever, like he doesn't know what he's talking about in terms of like, they've been called things and they know that that's just someone else's opinion of them. That's like a massive difference. And that's why women are, you know, taking these things that people say about them and like internalizing them and like, oh, well, like, what if they don't like me? Like, you know, well, they said this about me. Like, that's why the gossip like hurts so much. And to your point about, you know, people being mindful of that and, you know, not letting go of old friendships, it's like in our DNA that, you know, like these emotions have been like conditioned with us. And like, you can look that up, like that is science. Like we have embedded DNA, like in emotions from like previous generations. And so with that, you know, this isn't something that's like a quick fix. Like, oh, like now that I'm aware of it, like that makes sense. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm cured. Like there's no cure, like it's work. Like you have to continuously take action and be mindful of these things in order to rewrite like what's there, like to recode basically is like what you're doing. And I think that that's something that, that is some shit that I wish someone would have told me because yeah, like the gossip, like you said, like the mean girls thing, like it's very real and it can be very hurtful and it can be something that really holds you back and it's something that i as i was becoming jonna had to like come to terms with because and even now i've noticed and we've spoken about this that certain times if i am picking up on the fact that another woman is intimidated or perceives me as a threat i will shut down and i did it the other day like literally like last week and so like it's crazy to me like I, I, I observed it. Like after I sent it, I'm like, so the situation was I got a compliment, um, as like a new, I'm, I'm coaching fitness classes again. And I got a compliment from one of the athletes. And so I was like, um, it was that I stretched them. Like we don't, they don't normally apparently stretch because classes are 45 minutes. So they don't do a cool down, but I had to cool down. Cause I'm like, eh, fuck it. Last class. Right. Like whatever. And so, um, it wasn't anything I intentionally did. It was just Johnny caliber class. And instead of sending that like feedback because the feedback was like that was great like they stopped doing that like I don't know why and instead of just being like hey heads up if you have extra time like to the group of like coaches I went and told one of the other owners and I was like oh yeah someone said that they like stretching like I'm, I'm not sure where to give that feedback and after I sent the message I was like bitch what do you mean you don't know where to give the feedback like you put it in the coaches chat like you put it in the coaches chat and so that is just like a quick example of like still to this day, like I'm even, you know, mindful of things. And I was like, that, that was me not shining. That was me not like, you know, being myself. That was me feeling some type of way because I was like, oh, well I'm new. And like, what if that makes the other ones feel bad? Who gives a shit? That's, that's what they feel. Like they can rise to the occasion or they can, you know, not give a fuck. Like that's not my business. My business is to be my best self and to tell you what I've learned that others expect like and enjoy within the community to make that experience as a class better for everyone that is my job and so yeah anyway that was just a quick short example that, that thank you for sharing that story that sounds a lot of 
that, and, and I know that you and I have had this conversation, is remnants of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Where you go, oh, well, I can't go, I, I can't go and share this and call people out and say, you know, this should really be happening because who the fuck am I all of a sudden? You know your shit. Yeah. And you're true. doing things the way you're supposed <laughs> to be doing it. And if other people can't handle that, I guess that's just too bad for them. Yeah. But, and, and that, that is something, again, I wish I knew this. It's okay to step into your power. It's okay for you to, to know what you know and share that knowledge and make other people better and, and inspire other people to be better. And if they don't want to rise to that, that's on them. That's not on you. Yeah. Big time. Uh, there was something you, you posted a little while ago about uh, the whole, and, and you, you, you kind of brought it up when we were talking about me in the middle of my marriage, the I'll be happy when. Mm. Mm -hmm. that trap mm -hmm. is, is so is 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 so velvety that you that that whole like because you think you have time that's the problem you think you have time to wait until everybody else's needs are taken care of and then you can look after yourself let me tell you something once you are taking care of everybody's needs ahead of your own everybody will keep jumping butting in line in front of you yes Yes, because you're teaching others how to show up for you, how to come. Mm -hmm. So you need to teach them how to come correct. Yep. You know, I'll share a story. Um, so I, I share 50-50 custody with, uh, with my ex. And like I said, my, my boys are older now, so they can pretty much choose where they want to go. And we've had, the, we've had a schedule going on for 10 years. And so, but there are a few nights a month where, um, you know, sometimes Dante's there, sometimes Dante and my boys are there, and sometimes just my boys are there, but there's a couple of, there's a few nights a month where nobody's there, just me. Yeah. And their father lives about a half an hour away, and he made that choice to, to, to move that far. And, and at a certain point, my sons were like, why are we even bothering? Like, why, why are we even bothering? Like, why don't we just stay here all the time? It's easier for us to just stay here. And I said, okay, cool. But number one, you need to form an independent relationship with your father. That's important. And, uh, and as you're getting older, those relationships are going to become intentional instead of incidental because you live there. So you might as well practice now. And number two, I need my time alone. That's what I need in order for me to be the person that everyone needs me to be and, and how to show up for myself. I need that time by myself because of my job, because of taking care of you, because of looking after my parents, because, 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 right. and because I'm in, because I want that. That's what I want in my life. And they went, cool. We respect that. And so they still observe that, that custody schedule even though, you know, they're adults and they have cars and they can go wherever they want. Right. They do that out of respect for me because that's what I asked them for, because that's what I told them I wanted and needed. Yeah. And a lot of people, there were a lot of people who were like, that's kind of selfish, don't you think? Like, they're your kids. You should, like, you should want them around all the time. And it's like, oh, really? There's do you want your kids? There's that toxicity of should. What's that? I said, there's that toxicity of should. Yes. Yes. And, and, 
and that toxicity of of frenemies where it's like you are acting like my friend but you're saying things that i wouldn't let strangers get away with saying to me right what what's up why are you judging me because i'm prioritizing myself my mental health my emotional health my physical health sometimes i just want to act like an idiot in my own house is that okay you know why they've been judging you <laughs> they were jealous they want to do it exactly they were jealous and you know what maybe i would have invited you over to be an idiot in my house but since you're being like that never mind you can stay in your house full of children enjoy no. <laughs> <laughs> stay in your house full of children hilarious. with your dry cat food <laughs> yes with the anorexic kitty yeah that, that was my house um, <laughs> I mean, well, there's two. I don't know. Okay, so we've gone over a lot of good stuff. So you wish, <laughs> you wish someone would have told you about discovering who you are. Um, is that you're gonna lose people. Um, it's okay to step into your power, and like the whole narrative of like I'll be happy when is like some bullshit. Like be happy now. And we also talked about um, what you're saying in like terms of, like doing things for yourself, like being your own person. Um, because like we mentioned, like that doesn't happen. And one of the things that I thought that you said that was really powerful, like earlier on was that whenever you, you know, got divorced, or went through your separation, you started trying different things. And that's a way to figure out what it is that you do like is by doing things that you don't like. And I was like, yes, like my brain was buzzing. Um, the contrast, the contrast serves us because yeah, you, you do things because you see other people doing it. And exactly your point, like I made a face whenever you were like rock climbing, that might be fun. And I'm like, I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> well, I've never been rock climbing. I've been bouldering, but- um, Well, that's learned, different. That's different. Well, mm. I learned I'm afraid of heights. So I don't think that rock climbing- would be like, I didn't think I was. Like I can look off bridges and stuff, but like, I don't know, like that, that freaked me out. I finally made it to the top and they were like, I was like, now what do I do? They're like, well, hop down. And I'm like, down there <laughs> no that's why belay is much better because you can rappel down that's way more fun then and, like and the floor's bouncy and i'm like the floor's bouncy <laughs> and to be fair every time you post a track photo i go hell to the no on that <laughs> i i only run when something's chasing me so if you see me running you should run too because something bad is happening i try to tell myself something's chasing me to make me go faster but <laughs> I usually end up just telling myself like, fuck it, I'll hit it. I'll just, I'll hit it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'll so it. <laughs> yeah, like it sucks. Yeah. I, I try to get out of it this morning. My running partner, low maintenance friend, um, was kind of not having it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess we're going, but yay. Like I'm grateful I did it, but yeah, it, it was not, that is not my favorite thing at all. Um, but yeah, it, it makes me better. And so leaning into your fears and yeah, the contrast, like had I, you know, never ran like I wouldn't know that and that is a good way to figure out like who it is that you are and like what you like and so what would you say are other ways that you kind of figured out like okay this is me in terms of you know what it is that's important to you and you know what kind of uh, an identity because you mentioned that which I think is a very important part like yeah we put a lot of our identity on our relationships on our job titles and you know I know for me, whenever um, the whole CrossFit shit was going down last, um, yeah, last May, and I was like, mm, done, like that was an easy decision for me to make. 
fast forward to when my L2, which is like the second level of um, certification was about to expire, I felt some type of way about it. And I feel like we, I think we spoke about it because I we was did, like, yes. mm-hmm. I, I, I cried like a couple times. And then finally I was like, oh shit, that's because this is a big part of my identity. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm I am like, I'm saying bye. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, with, with that being said, could you kind of walk us through like what the process was or like what some like milestones were in figuring out like, you know, oh, this is who Beatrice is. And, you know, this is what I stand for. And like, this is like, you know, what I have like a lot of conviction in and, you know, how that process kind of like happened and like what it looks like. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I, I, I hope people's eyes don't glaze over when I talk too much about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because um, I, I, I identified with that very quickly and I bonded with it very quickly and very, and, and powerfully. It's your movement. Movement is the quickest way to show your bodies that you're in control. Yes. And, but, but, but it's so much the philosophy and the, the, it has changed the way my brain is wired. And so it, it had 10 years of that has really informed the person that I've become and um, the person that I want to be and, and, and a real philosophy of life that has emerged and only intensified over the last 15 months that, that it's been threatened because that, that's something that's been impacted very much by this pandemic and yeah. my ability to practice that, that art. Um, and, and that there is no losing in jujitsu. There's winning or there's learning. And so when you, you know, you talked about mindset and when you step away from that mindset of being afraid to lose or, or being afraid to regret things. And I always, I always say this because I've seen so many misspelled tattoos about it. No regrets. I have no regrets. I only regret the things I didn't do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't, I don't want to have those either. And Mm -hmm. so and, and I think uh, too many people regard things that they've done or pathways that they've gone down for any length of time. This was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. They talk about things as a waste of time. And I really don't see, but, but, but it's because people have such a linear view of pursuits, of relationships. A waste of time is only when you are doing nothing when you are bitching and moaning and unhappy about the life that you have and are doing absolutely zero to change that. That is the only waste of time is inaction. And, and, and I'm not saying you have to be up and doing something 24 hours a day. I'm just saying that, that staying in a place that you are unhappy or that you are dead inside or, or unfulfilled, that is a waste of time languishing that's the big word for 2021 languishing and so trying things and trying relationships with people and 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 doing things that may feel right at the time and 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 if you are a whole person all on your own you don't have to worry about like oh like should i do this like i don't know and yeah do your gut check and if you're okay on your own if you've done enough work on yourself you do that gut check, it passes the gut check. Okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to do today. And if tomorrow you change your mind and realize that's not for me, okay. But this linear view that we have of life 
paralyzes people into, into not wanting to make mistakes. What's wrong with mistakes? Again, that's how we learn what we do want and brings us closer to, to a place that we want to be and a person that we want to be. And I would, I would say that to people that there is no waste of time. There are no, you know, lose, there's, there is no losing. It's winning or learning. And I learn a lot more from when I get caught in something and in a, in a challenging situation than when I just sail through and it's easy. I don't learn anything from that. It's like, ooh, right. look at me learning. Cool. Right. right? Um, the other thing is, you know, believing what people say to you and taking that to heart. And we talked a little bit about that. Um, people let themselves into your life and they let themselves out. Let them go. They can go. They have their own shit. We take stuff, and I still struggle with this too, like, you know, um, taking everything so personally, thinking everything's about me. Nothing's about me. Nothing. Nothing is about me. And if it is, they'll explicitly tell me that, hey, you hurt me, or you upset me, or you... Right. Okay. And if you don't want to tell me that and just walk around with that, that's, that's also your stuff. That's not my stuff. If I, if I did something, and you, know, you should know me well enough to know that if I hurt you, it was not intentional. And if you don't know that, and you don't want to say anything, there's, there's the door for you to let yourself out until you're ready for that. Um, it's, and I also feel like this becoming, this theme is a moving target. And that's why the I'll be happy when is so dangerous and so toxic because your, your becoming should be a moving, changing, evolving entity. Who I wanted to be 10 years ago is completely different than who I want to be 10 years from now. And it changed a whole bunch of times along the way because of the things that I discovered. There, there's so much shit I don't know anything about. And when you start to learn, even five years ago, if somebody would have, would have told me that I'd be podcasting and being on here with you and these fine people that have decided to join us today, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> you don't even know what's out there. TikTok wasn't a thing five years ago. I was just thinking about TikTok. It's funny. I, I love TikTok. People are hilarious and creative and insightful and funny. Yeah. It's funny and hilarious is the same, but do, and, and so give yourself some grace. I think that, that, that is something else that I wish somebody would have said to me, give yourself some grace. We're all a work in progress. Yeah. So have a little bit of compassion for yourself and for other people. Everybody, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. That is literally give yourself grace. Like something that I work with with clients like that's that's literally in the program is we talk about grace and how to give that to yourself and what that actually means and yeah like thank you for bringing that up because I think that's such an important component because we and this is something that um, came to my mind whenever you were talking about like yes like it's a constant evolution like it's a moving target like who you are right now is not who you thought you wanted to be five years ago and you know who you want to be now isn't and like isn't who you necessarily want to be like in 10 years. And so that, you know, that mindset and that mentality is just like a beautiful place to be because I feel so many of us are fearful of, well, 
you know, I've done this one thing all my life. Like, I'm not that person. Like, I can't do that. And so we let that, we allow that to hold us back. We allow that belief that like, I'm not that type of a person to hold us back from trying new things and from taking on new opinions. Like if you're presented with new information and that changes your mind, that means that you're growing. And I like to point out the fact that, you know, people are all very much like, oh, well, like this person has like a different view from mine, whether it's from like politics to like nail polish. And I'm just going to unfollow, block, unsubscribe, like whatever. It's so easy for us to do that in this click culture that we live in. We just click on and off, tap on and off, like whatever. And I think that, and I posted a lot about this last summer, um, you know, if, if something that I'm posting is offending or triggering you, I invite you to stay because you like a lot of people I know I saw posted, like, if you don't believe in this then like, fuck off, like get off my page. I understand. I respect that. I think you have to be a certain place to be like, let's talk. And the reason that I was like, I invite you to stay is because I think it's important. We have these different perspectives. It's important. We have these conversations. It's important that we know the facts so that we can make the strongest, you know, decision and choice for ourselves about what's important to us. And so when we're presented with new information, we can objectively look at it and either a stand in our own beliefs and who are who we are in our sense of self with more conviction, or we can change it and shift a little bit and, you know, become the next version. And I think that that is something that is really important that I mean, I wish someone would have kind of like broken down, like drawn a little graph like you drew for us earlier. <laughs> like that was helpful. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that you said that. And I, and I, I appreciate your ability to ask people to stay and listen and have conversations about hard topics and, and issues. And so, and two things I wanted to say about that. One thing I heard something the other day, which it kind of blew my mind a little bit because social media is still so relatively new to our little brains mm -hmm. and that we are not built or wired for so much feedback. Yep. We can only process so much feedback from people. And I think when we get inundated with people yelling back at us on the internet or, or just commenting on photos or posts in general, it can be overwhelming to our little brains and we just short out a little bit. Yeah, I think we shut down. And I think that that is a sign to back away sometimes. And I think that's an important thing. I'm, I'm talking to more and more people who are saying, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. And I completely respect that. And we, we had to take, a, we took a six, six week break. Um, there were some things happening that I just, I was feeling vulnerable and upset and just like, no, I just, and to back away from it was, and, and, you know, you were, you were such a great support with that. Um, and, and helping, helping me work through all of that, that when I came back to it, it was like, okay, you know, you kind of feel like you've built up, you know, this resilience again, where you're like, okay, I've learned a few things about myself and I'm going to come back in. But at the same time, I think that it's important as much as I admire your ability to invite people to stay around and, and learn if they want to. I also think it's important that you need to know when to, when to distance yourself from people that aren't going to, that aren't going to open themselves up to conversation or where the issue is so cut and dried where it's just like, I just can't. Yeah. 
And through jujitsu and through self-defense and, and, and that entire, all of that realm, I have no time for misogyny. I have no time for people that um, are homophobic, misogynistic, xenophobic. I just have no time for it. And I feel like there's been so much division over the last four or five years um, that you want to have a little bit of, you know, you want to sit in a different spot on the political spectrum than I do. That's fine. But there are certain topics and issues where I'm like, no, I'm not having this discussion with you. Right. Because it's, it's when we're talking about fundamental human rights, there's no discussion to be right. had. It, it, and, and people that, that are going to continue, continually come in and hijack my amygdala with their bullshit and their garbage. And it's okay, that's, it's okay to let those people go and go, I'm gonna tighten my circle up because as the world is opening up, you talked about emotional bandwidth at the top of this discussion. And that is such an important concept that I don't think people really think about what their emotional bandwidth is and how to protect that. Um, you, when we were talking before, you were asking, how do you self-soothe? How do you self-care this person that you are now? That is how I protect my emotional bandwidth and I protect my amygdala. And for, for, for the uninitiated, the amygdala is the emotional center of your brain. And when people hijack it, it's like they'll say something or do something that makes you, that has you screaming inside your head or outwardly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point where that's enough for today or that's enough for this week or that's enough for six weeks. And if you have to mute someone, if you have to unfollow someone, if you have to gently and with love tell people, I'm not going to engage with you anymore because right. of ABC. I love you. I wish you the best, but I can't. Right. Anymore. Sometimes, sometimes people will let you go. Sometimes you have to let them go. And, and that, that, that is something, um, and, and that goes for family too. And you and I have had quite a few conversations about that. Well, it's family. Fuck you. They hurt me all the time. Yeah. And, and it's okay to let people go that, that are a threat to the person that you want to be. Yeah. Thank you for that PSA. That's super important and very well said. And I think that you're exactly right. Like there's a fine line. I feel that like I, again, in terms of becoming Jana, I'm at a place where I'm very confident with that. I do have like a very good circle. And so for me to sit here and say like, yes, yeah, stay. It's because I can put up with some bullshit. Like I can like, you know, have some conversations with you. And I recognize that is not everyone. And that is okay. And I don't expect everyone to be like that. This is, you know, just who I am right now. Next week, I might need to block them and that's okay too. <laughs> but, but as it stands, yeah, like I've got a really great support group and you know, I have people in life like you. And so um, in terms of like having some of these conversations, like I'm willing to go to battle because a lot of my friends are some of these people who, you know, some of these from groups who have been marginalized. And so like they, they shouldn't have to like fight for themselves. And so not that I'm trying to be a savior in like any sense, but at the same time, I mean, not like, but, but like, and not that I'm trying to be a savior. And at the same time, you know, if someone wants to, is, is ready to beef with me because they don't have the balls or like the, the ovaries to do it with them, then like bring it because yeah, like 
no place for it. Like, I don't have time for it. It's funny because, like, um, my friend was wearing a shirt the other day. said, pro-black anti-bullshit. <laughs> I was nice. like, that's the best shirt I might have ever seen. Great shirt. Um, but, yeah, like, and I think it's one to what you said. It's kind of the, the whole concept of, like, you know, do no harm, but take no shit. And mm. so it's like, yeah, like, I'm not mad at you at the same time. Like, I'm not here for like, whatever, whatever articles from fake news sites you want to send me. Like, I'm not having that. Like, I'll send you some science. <laughs> like, I'll send you some articles from like real legitimate news sources. But yeah. Um, and again, that, that being able to like sit here and say that with such conviction and being able to like speak out and like say the things I do. It's because I am confident in who I am, because I've done the self-discovery, like I've done the self-acceptance, like I've moved into self-love because it's not, and this is something that, um, you know, is important too. Like I spoke about this the other day in terms of, you know, oh, just like positive mind, like change your life. Like, no, like you, you need to be real. If you just try to like flip the switch and say like, you know what? I don't like this. So I'm going to tell myself I like it and fake it till I make it. Your brain knows your brain's like, bitch, that is a lie. And so like, you can't do that. And that's like a misconception that I think a lot of people, you know, take because whenever we're trying to figure out who we are, like we see these things that like work for other people. And so we try them for ourselves and we're like, why isn't it working? And it's because like, you're, you're missing key pieces and like, no one tells you that. And so, yeah, that's something that I work with people a lot in terms of like, I'm not going to tell you, like, you have to love yourself. Like you don't like, there are parts of yourself that like, you just might not ever like. And at the same time, it's important that you realize why and that you arrive at a place where you accept it and you don't try to like hide it because that's going to hold you back and that's going to keep you from becoming who you are. And that's not okay. Because like you pointed out, like, you know, if you're waiting for, well, like I'll do this when, like, you know, the, the wind time, like the wind will never come. You'll remain in a constant state of chase and that's not okay because you your life is happening now and you can't try to say like well I'll do it when and like you know when I'm happy and the whole happiness thing I love that you pointed out like that's fleeting that's bullshit I'm happy when my food comes I'm sad when I eat it like and it's over I love that hashtag sync but also because <laughs> I think we place such an emphasis on the things that make us happy right like we put them on this pedestal like way up here and as high as we can go in terms of like happiness is as low as we can go in terms of sadness and so while, yes, I think it's important to get excited and happy about things, I think it's also important to not like put too much of, you know, a, a weight on certain things or on anything that you're like, this is the end all be all. This is the pinnacle of my happiness. Like when, I, when this happens, like, you know, butterflies and unicorns, or like rainbows will shoot on my ass or whatever you think will happen. Because whenever you do that, you're setting yourself up to fall just as hard. And so the goal is to arrive at a place where you're pretty much at equilibrium. Like sometimes you're a little happier, sometimes you're a little sadder, but you're not gonna let that pendulum swing. I guess the pendulum goes this way and mm -hmm. <laughs> too far in either direction. And what I have found in terms of like becoming is that that happens. A lot of times we are so much, like I'll use the example of like being reserved and not speaking about like, you know, boundaries and like, well, I need me time. Like we're always like, yeah, I'll do it. Like people pleasing, never say no. So then whenever we start to say no, we're we just like you know take it to the extreme like well you made me feel this way like you make like you're flexing your muscles and i get it and i respect it but i remember one time very vividly at a very i had a close friend of mine and they like kind of used me to flex their their boundary muscle on 
and I'm like, it would be because like I would cancel plans last minute. And um, I was going through a rough time is right before I moved from Miami. And they were like, you're like an emotional roller coaster, like blah, blah, blah. And I know what you were doing. You're flexing, like not you, but like they, they were flexing their boundaries. And at the same time, I'm like, have we met? Like we've been friends for like how long? <laughs> like, this is who I am. Like, and so it was a weird thing for me, but I had the self-awareness to recognize it. And also I had at that point discovered who I was. And, you know, like you said, it's always changing. But I knew who I was in that moment, and I was, like, okay with letting them go. I was okay with being, like, well, clearly they're going through some shit, too, right now. And don't have time for my shit, which is okay. Because you don't, like, no one has to put up with your, with your bullshit. And, like, stop thinking that people do. I don't care if they're your mama, your daddy, like, your boyfriend, like, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, like, whatever. No one has to put up with your bullshit. People choose to be there. And I think that that also needs some respect in terms of, like, relationships and some, like, awareness. Because... Anyway, I'm about to get off my soapbox. So no, no, you you made a couple of great points there about you know, it's it's important, and and you kind of you, you talked about like oh, that's not about me, that's about you, and that's fine. Like when you're ready, you'll come back. And I remember reading the text message and being like, "You're like an emotional roller coaster," and I'm like, "I'm a Pisces, number one. I'm moving. I've lived here for a decade. Kind of kind of a rough time." But again, again, that that is a lack of awareness on the other person's part about what may be causing your stuff too. And and this is the thing. This is why I think your program is so great, and I'm I'm so excited for the people that have been smart enough to to sign up for this. Is because you you talked about you know sort sort of these smaller oscillations, and that you want to raise the level of your baseline. Yes. And. And the way you do that, you know, th that's why this program is so great is that, you know, you, you raise your baseline because you have that self-awareness and you've got all of your, 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 you know, wheels on the road, so to speak, where, you know, and, and, and so many people think that, you know, oh, routine is boring or whatever. Sure. In some ways, but raising that baseline, it starts with putting good food in your body and moving every day and getting enough sleep and, 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 and dealing and having that sense of mindfulness a little bit every day. And that raises your baseline. Yeah. And then, you know, the highs may not be like spikes up to the ceiling, but they might be a little more frequent. And these might be just little occasional blips, but yeah, because that emotional roller coaster that comes from, there's reasons for that. That's not just, your personality right. i know that from you know the time that you and i have 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 spent together in the last year and a bit but the thing is is that this is a lack this is i mean you were going through some shit she was obviously going through some shit or they were going through some shit but like that wasn't about you and and for you to go okay well you know and but i also think that compassion is such a big thing and that empathy and so many of us are feeling you know suffer from empathy gaps mm -hmm. or empathy grand canyons mm -hmm. and i and i know for myself now that's where a lot of my energy gets drawn is worrying about other people worrying about how they're getting treated and that's why i need to sort that's when i need to step back and cocoon a little bit like i'll give you an example <laughs> i mean um <laughs> so in Ontario, uh, we, we had a particularly difficult uh, third wave of, mm -hmm. of COVID. 
And so we're just now starting to like crack open things again, right? So mm -hmm. as of today, patios are open. Okay. Okay. After being shut down forever. And all I can think about this weekend is please be nice to your servers. Please be nice to your servers. Please be nice to your servers. Please be nice to all the people in the stores that are going to serve you. Like, please. that's all I'm thinking about is like people just going, Rah! Right? right? And and that's like, that's not your stuff. That's other people's stuff. But that's, you know, and that's something that, you know, you learn that that's where I need myself soothing. That's where I need to just take a step back and go, okay, I need to just like, obviously I'm just getting too far into, into that space where I'm worried about what everybody else is doing and, and all the people that are going to be abused. And, 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 and it's like, I can't fix it. Right. I can't fix that. And, and part of that self soothing and that self care is knowing when to take a step back and just go, all right, do something else, worry about something else, or just set an example with your own behavior. And that's enough. Yeah. And, and I think you, you have that thing too, where you just go, okay, well, I understand what's happening and, and, and just going, okay, like, you're right. You're right. That, that's um, what I did. I yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. I had, I, there's, there's someone that I've been trying to acquire as a guest on the show and, um, she said that she would do it and I was super excited. And then I sent out a bunch of dates for her and she saw the message, but never responded. And I was like, Oh, like maybe she actually listened to the podcast and didn't heard something she didn't like or whatever. And then out of nowhere, she goes, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. To, I, I, this message got lost. I'm moving and I'm in the middle of stuff. And I was like, see, I'm still doing it. You still like that first thought is, Oh God, like maybe, Ooh, like, right. Maybe I've offended her in some way. And it's right. like, none of that shit had anything to do with me. Right. And I said, Oh no, like absolutely, you know, get through with your move, send me good vibes. I'll message you, you know, in, in, a, in a few weeks and see how you're doing. And she was like, thank you so much for your patience. And what, and you're just like, wow, like I'm still learning. I'm still learning that shit doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. Such I, a hard thing. I love that we both had examples, even though like, I think it's pretty obvious, like, from this conversation for other conversations like we're confident af like and who yeah. we are and like ourselves and at the same time there's still that residual for you it was like oh well like you know maybe she's not interested like you know maybe like you know there was something happened or like she didn't like what she heard and for me with my example it was like well i don't want them to think that like i think that i'm better than them or i don't want them to feel some type of way just because i'm doing a good job fuck that <laughs> Fuck that. Exactly what you said. And so I think that that's like, those are two beautiful examples of the work is never done. Like you're never <laughs> not no. becoming who you, like you're never not becoming the next version of who you will be in the future. Like who I am like this right here, right now, is not who I was when we started this podcast or this, excuse me, this live. And so like, that's cool. And so I think looking at it from a place of like excitement in terms of like, well, what is possible? And, you know, like, that was one thing that for me really, you know, took over in terms of fitness was, was because, like, I was able to see, like, what I could do. And I got curious about what else I could do. So that whole power of curiosity. And it gave you, it gave me the confidence to start to try other things, to, like, you know, do things, like, that I would have never done 
had I like not had that experience and like, you know, felt that confidence. And so now it's really cool to be at a place where it's like, well, you know, the sky's the limit, like how, how high can we go kind of thing. And so I think that that's, yeah, like a great example. So thank you for sharing, but yeah, like shit's still there. There's still residuals. Oh my God. I, I listen to stuff all the time. There's a few, a few podcasts and, and things and like, um, I'm really enjoying Apple news. So like there's all kinds of stuff that I'm following that I, I would never normally have access to. And I'm still reading things where I go, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I still had that, was holding that in my head. And I think you and I have a lot of stuff because we've spent all this time in the fitness industry. There's still a lot of things around diet culture and toxic fitness culture that you're just like, shit. Like, I, I'm still, there's something that has to shock you out of that where you're just like, oh, my God, like, um, you know, it's, it's, and so I'm always learning instead of like, and I think that's the stuff that I can't get on board with where people go, can you believe how the world is now? Like you're not allowed to do anything. And you're just like, oh my God, please shut up. Just shut up. Learn, learn that what, you know, that things are changing and the culture is changing and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, but people are so threatened by it and they're so fearful of it. And that's why we have the podcast that we have to sort of look at things and revisit things and go, wait, like we see things differently now. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that everybody was an asshole. Sometimes they were, but you know, um, we, we have an upcoming, we have an upcoming um, episode. Dante thinks it's going to be one. I think it's going to be more uh, where we revisit sex in the city. Oh yeah. I love and, that we're getting uh, all these like sneak peeks. <laughs> well, it's 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 a it's a, a gigantic project. We're like rewatching all, all the seasons mm -hmm. and I'm taking notes as we go, so that takes time. And it's just like he's like, Oh, we're just we're gonna be able to knock this out and I'm like, Oh shit, no, it's gonna be a series because because um, there's so much in there right. and we've learned so much and and you know, um and when you talked about the relationship thing, we talk a lot about relationships on the podcast and it's like, you never have someone, right? You never have them. They never belong to you. They can just up and go anytime they want to. Uh -huh. And so, uh -huh. but you, but loving someone is about loving them as they grow and, and loving them as they change. And if, and if you can't get behind that, then maybe your time is over and that's okay too. But yeah. we, we, we make every ending of a relationship a tragedy. And we, we, we use the length of a relationship as a metric for its success. And that's not always the case. There's lots of miserable people that have been together for 40 years. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's a successful relationship. You could have dated somebody for three months and you could have enjoyed each other and had a great time and learned things and done new things. And then the relationship ends and you can still go, thank you for the time that we spent. I learned a lot. I enjoyed you. Bye. Right. But that's not how our culture, mm -hmm. that's not how our, our culture treats relationships. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, pressure on so that, so that's another thing too, is that it's, that's important for your growth too, where it's like, I, I wish, I wish someone would have told me that it's okay to end relationships at its natural end, not trying to extend it so that other people deem it a success 
because it lasted a certain amount of time. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that everything you've said again, but like you've said so <laughs> much about, you know, different things that you wish would have learned in terms of like grace that you're going to lose people in relationships, like when it's time for them to come to their natural end, step into your power, let go of the whole, I'll be happy when, and like try things and really like figure out like what that, what that contrast looks like. And like, I really don't like this. And I really do like this kind of thing. Um, when you are kind of, or when you are like stepping into like who it is that you are, because all of these things are things that, yeah, like we're so fearful of. And like you said that, you know, you talk about on the podcast a lot, you know, things have changed and like we are hesitant to embrace that because of the fear. And so like the fear of the unknown, like the fear of like, well, that's still new. Like, I don't know. It's not been proven because our brains are wired to look for patterns. And so while even though whatever relationship or situation that we may have been in hasn't been the healthiest for us, biologically, we know like we'll survive because we have been, you know, it's been proven successful in the past, but even though the other thing looks good, we don't know that that'll actually be better. Even though like consciously we know it'll probably be better, you still have to like take that action. You have to bridge that gap. And I thought of this the other day, if you want to fly, you have to leap. Like you have to mm. like take that jump. And so, um, that's, right? a, that's a great one. I Thank love you. That. I wrote it down. <laughs> Did you? <Yeah. laughs> I was like, Ooh. You gotta write that good shit down, man, because it's yeah. bleeding. Yeah. So yeah, but like, I think that that is so true because if you want to do something great, like I think we all think flying's like pretty cool. And with that being said, like you have to, you have to make that leap. You have to like take that action to have that faith that, you know what, even if I do crash and burn, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to like pick up the pieces and I'm going to figure out how to like, you know, make it work next time or how to like bandage up my wing, like whatever you might need to do. And you have to have that trust and that faith and that inner knowing within yourself. And that's not something that, you know, comes easily in our society because, you know, we're taught to do like what everyone else does. And at the end of the day, when you turn around, you're like, you know what? And this is what happened for me. I was like, I don't think I like doing all this shit that I've been doing. And that's when that's when the true like becoming started for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that like, oh, my high school years and my early 20s, like, you know, I really was who I am. I was who everyone else like wanted me to be or who I thought that I should be or who society told me I should be. I started becoming me when I realized that all that's bullshit and that and I feel like this is a theme that, you know, has been coming up as I'm listening to you speak about like something I've observed is that it comes back to autonomy and like doing things for yourself, like giving yourself grace and, you know, permission to like try things and permission to learn. I love what you said. Like there is no, you know, failing. It's either winning or learning when it comes to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So yeah, you either succeed or you learn something like failure is like remove that word from your vocabulary. Like it's stupid. It's like, no, it is stupid. It is like, stupid. And that mindset, um, Carol Dweck, that book, that's exactly what she talks about is, you know, a lot of people, and this is, um, I feel like a good thing, like bring it to a close in terms of self-development. A lot of people, whenever they have been successful at things, they are fearful of trying the next level because 
they don't want to fail because they're afraid of people mm -hmm. will say about them. And so they only do and exactly what you said in terms of like, you don't want to do stuff because it's easy. Like, why does that matter? Like, cool, like whatever. A lot of people stay in that it's called like in the book, a fixed mindset where mm -hmm. they never try to truly like test themselves because they never want to, you know, they want to save face. They don't want to look bad. And that growth mindset comes in when you're willing to exactly what you said, learn and also maybe succeed. Yeah, you know, it's it, I wrote that down because it sounds like a great book. And and this is something that comes up in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And, and like I say, it's it's imprinted so much on my life where that that Jiu Jitsu philosophy sort of governs my everyday life as well. Yeah. But there's a phenomenon and any 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 of your friends that do Jiu Jitsu or any of my Jiu Jitsu people out there. Um, there is a phenomenon called disappearing blue belt syndrome. And what happens, the, the disappearing blue belt phenomenon is that is the first colored belt. So you go, it goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. Okay. And it's a lot of years in, in between belts. Um, it, it's, it, unless you're like doing it every day or competing an awful lot, it's an average about four to five years between belts, right? So it, it's a long time and it's a lot of work. And so what happens is you work very, very hard to get from the white belt to the blue belt. And what people don't tell blue belts is that once you get to that, you work so hard to get to that level and you succeed in getting that blue belt and it's the best day. And then the next day, the reality hits that all that blue belt gets you is to the bottom of another shit pile. <laughs> Where now, now you've gone from being the best of the shitheads to the shithead of the best. And it's like, what? And people go, oh, fuck no. I I'm not doing this anymore. I can't. I worked too hard. I did all this work and all it got me was more work and humiliation and, and getting tapped out all the time. I can't deal with it. I'm not doing it anymore. And it might not even be a conscious thing, but they quit. A lot of blue belts quit. It's like the worst time to be a, a, a jujitsu player because you're just like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. And if you can break through that and get and, and stick with it, once you get to purple and aside from my children being born, my purple belt grading was the best day of my life. And my brown belt will be an even better day. Yes. Because it was, it was a, a concrete sign and symbol of my refusal to give up when shit got bad. Because this was something that I was so passionate about and it had, had such a positive impact on my life and the people, other people in my life. Because I started teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I started teaching self-defense to young women. It, it just, it, it's, it's such a huge part of my life that you know but so many people are afraid of that they're afraid of that failure they get to that point and they go look see i did this thing and then it gets really hard after that and they go oh actually no i'm all done i'm all done trying and if you can just break through that discomfort and that fear um the magic's on the other side and i'm sure you found that too um with your functional fitness training and and coaching levels and all that kind of stuff. And even that decision to not renew it was a huge thing for you. That was a huge growth moment for you to say, no, I'm gonna do what's right for me and what I believe in. And I no longer 
I no longer feel comfortable or feel that I'm in this place. I need to go to this place. And as scary as that was, and as heartbreaking as that was, that was the right decision for you. And every time you make a decision like that, your confidence grows. And so good on you for that. Like that, that's a nice place to end it. I think is that, you know, there's, and there's going to, there's, there's, you're never done. You're never done. And, and that's the best part. And the scariest part is that you're never done yeah. learning and, and, and progressing and changing. And that's I mean, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. That was, yeah. Like you, you said the one of like my responses last time, like chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say that in terms of like, I love that analogy. And as you were talking, I was thinking like, that's, that's life, right? Like that's very much like life. Like, you achieve something and then like you're putting yourself at the bottom of just like the next level like it's all levels and it's all fluid and like that's the beauty of it and once you accept that like exactly what you said like magic happens like once you make it past that point because that's something that's really been like the theme of the week has been it's not like there's no going around there's no like bypass there's no magic pill you have to sit in it and move through it to get to it you have to move through it and i think it's cool because as i was listening to you i was thinking you know a lot of the philosophy obviously it's much more like structured in brazilian jiu-jitsu and you know there's there's a lot more of like history there um but in functional fitness like the concepts are similar in terms of they talk a lot about um getting comfortable being uncomfortable and like, that's why they always have different workouts. That's why like, you never know like what the workout's gonna be. Like old school CrossFit was, you know, you walk, you, you don't know what the workout is until you get there and you see it written. And you put everyone's name up on the board, like with their time and like their score. And so you have that accountability. And you know, the, and one of the other concepts is like, you're preparing for the unknown and the unknowable. And I always thought that was really cool because like, that's what we're doing in life. And just like you train your muscles, you have to train your mind and you have to train yourself. And so these lessons, and I think it's, you know, I think that's why like, you know, we connected like initially, like so quickly is because like we have that, um, that physical manifestation of like, this is what fitness has done. And this is what we've seen is possible and like has been possible for us through fitness, like you with your purple belt, which is awesome and badass. And, you know, I'm like, have I won a CrossFit competition? I've like placed um, on like a team before, but like the Amazing. things that I've done in CrossFit, like I never thought that like I would have wanted to do, let alone been able to do. Like if you would have told me, hey, if you put, you know, like your body weight over your head, then like that'll boost your confidence. I'd be like, why the fuck? <laughs> like, why would I ever want to do that? But I can do that and more and like, it's cool. And mm -hmm. it has helped because exactly what you said in terms of, and I love that you said, I love everything that you say, but that your purple belt was like a physical representation of like all that you've overcome. And I think that that's why like fitness is so powerful, regardless of whether you run a mile or a marathon and you get a medal or you do a lot of weight and you drop that bar and you see it, you're like, I did that. That is a physical representation of what I can do. And like, yeah, just ripples and waves come from that. And so I think that that is just something that would be, I guess, my key takeaway in terms of, you know, 
it is all coming back to yourself. And there's so many ways and so many vehicles that you can figure out who you are. And it requires a bus and a train and a plane and like a different kind of car. Like some days you're in a Maserati, some days you're in a Pinto. Like it requires you like testing these things out to see not only what you like, but like also what works for you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like it's, it's never done. And it's something that when you are becoming yourself and figuring out who you are, it can be a really long process. And also there are a lot of coaches out and about today that can help you get there. And I think that another reason, again, that we connected is because like we are coaches, like you said, like you teach self-defense. I have, and I'm coaching like fitness, like functional fitness. And so, you know, my goal as a coach is not to like think that you like get you to think that you need me, right? Like my goal as a coach is to like sit back and be like, okay, like whenever you're trying to do a squat, like here's how you do it, for example. And then eventually you're able to come in and be like, look, I'm doing squats. And maybe like, yeah, you're good. Knees out, push through your heels, like whatever the cues may be. So eventually you're like, you know, rocking and rolling over there by yourself. And I get to sit back knowing that now you know, now I've given you the power, like I've passed the torch. Like I've given you what you need so that you can like go forth and like share what you've learned. Mm -hmm. And with that, with you becoming like more of who you are, you can then have the power to help others become who they are. Wow. <laughs> That's the end. I'm like, I didn't plan that, but that was pretty good. <laughs> That's the end. Thank you. Shit. Thank yeah. You. That, that, that is the, whoo. Thank you. Thank you. You set me that's up. Like, that's like the heart-shaped ass of an ending right there. That's just like, ah. woo. Oh, that's like the best analogy ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you set me up. You gave me an, what's it called? An alley-oop. Is that when you like <laughs> throw the ball up? I don't know. I don't sport. I don't I know. I don't sport either. No, I never played sports, yeah, which no. is funny. But yeah, never played sports. So yeah. We just, we just look like we do. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but like if you like my hand-eye coordination and see that's my narrative i'm like if you toss me something i'll spot it away i might catch it <laughs> but chances are you might like hit me in the face <laughs> yeah it'll look like that <laughs> exactly so all right what are some um party words that you have and where can they find you what do you have going on oh well um so we, um, you can, obviously you can find us on, on Instagram. That's, that's where our biggest kind of presence is. We have, um, our website, cheatingoffear.com. You can send us a message there. You can DS some, DM us on Instagram. I do have Twitter too, but Twitter's a dark place. I don't want to spend t a ton of time there. Um, so yeah. I, and, uh, we're on, we're on iTunes. We're on like Apple podcasts. Sorry. We're on Spotify anywhere that your podcasts live. You can, you can find us there. So um, and, uh, we are always looking for show ideas and feedback and, and we love to hear from people. Yeah. Um, them what you're afraid of. Yeah. Um, we, we have, we have some kind of fun ideas coming up, uh, some, some, some really cool new guests and things like that. So we're excited about that. And, um, I think my parting words would be, um, a quote from the first Wonder Woman movie because the second one just sucked, but, um, <laughs> The first one was, and I don't know, uh, did you see Wonder Woman? No. Okay. So there's, 
there's a part, it's, it's during World War I. Um, and uh, she, is, she is in a trench and she, there's some people that need help across no man's land. And, uh, and Steve says to her, she's like, I need to go and help those people. I need to do this thing because she's fucking Wonder Woman. Right. And he says, you know, that's, that's not why we're here. That's not what we're doing. And she says to him, well, this is what I'm doing. Woo! And she climbs the fucking ladder and walks slow, well, they show it in slow motion, walks across no man's land, taking heavy fire and whatever. And I've seen this movie easily half a dozen times and I bawl my eyes out every time because I feel that I, this is what I'm fucking doing. Well, this is not, you know, this is not what we do. This is not what we're here for. This is, well, I'm here for it. And this is what I'm doing. Right. And those are my parting words. The important part of becoming, this is what I'm doing. So there it is. That's my parting word for today. <laughs> I, have, I have no, I just, yes, like, love. Hashtag, <laughs> like, double tap. What's your parting word? I was like, I don't think I, I, I can't beat that. Um, my parting words. Yeah, it's very much, and this is like, you know, the theme that I mentioned from like what you were saying is like, it's about you. And at the end of the day, it is about you. And I've said this before, like we need community in terms of, you know, our ability for us to reach self-esteem and self-actualization. And so lean on people when you need to. Um, because I think that I might start tearing up. Like, yeah, like this, like life isn't easy. And something, some shit I wish someone would have told me is like, it's okay to ask for help and you don't have to do it alone. And if you don't know where to go, Google it, like ask someone, like figure it out. We have unlimited resources right now at this very device that you are watching us on and, or listening to us on. And, you know, there's too much information out there for you to not reach your highest potential in this lifetime and so like don't wait another day i love that thank you i, I tried we, i tried to do your do your comment justice we always cry i know <laughs> i cry too we always cry <laughs> okay well thank you no better way to start a weekend than with you jonna same yeah this was amazing thank you so much for being here for having this conversation and for being vulnerable and for being your best badass self and for showing others how it's done. You too. Thank you. We need, we, we need you, Jonna. Sign up for her program. We need you. Yeah, sign up if you feel like anything. If, you, if you're crying like while you're watching this or listening, <laughs> that, that is a sign. I'm just going to say that. But yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, follow Beatrice and Dante and listen to what they have to say over at Cheating on Fear. Um, and I will make sure to link them in the description. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.